0: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California has marked another grim pandemic milestone, recording more than 7 million COVID-19 cases. This comes only a week after the state hit 6 million virus cases, which makes this the fastest accumulation of infections since the beginning of the pandemic. Public health officials say the sheer contagiousness of the Omicron variant has supercharged the caseload numbers. And although Omicron isn't as deadly as past COVID variants, the number of infections has contributed to an increased death rate. For the most recent seven-day period, California saw 106 deaths a day, up from 55 daily deaths in the last week of 2021. The Omicron surge has also jammed hospital emergency rooms with patients. Many of them arrived by ambulance, creating long waits. But as KPC's Jackie Fortier reports, Los Angeles County says ambulance response times have improved
3: during the omicron surge as demand for medical care has climbed the wait for an ambulance has been longer than normal Kathy Chedister directs L.A. County's Emergency Medical Services Agency. She says response times are getting better. The state sent temporary strike teams and staff, which has helped to bring ambulance wait times down from 20 minutes to about 15. We've also, from the state, have gotten some staff to be at the hospitals in the emergency departments to help offload patients at the hospitals. So those are good things right now, but we're still not out of this Crisis mode that we're in. She says two thirds of hospitals in LA County are so busy they rotate which can accept emergency patients from ambulances, a process known as diversion. Meanwhile, COVID cases among healthcare workers are increasing, leading to staffing shortages across the system. Officials report a 30% increase in healthcare worker cases in the first half of the month. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles.
0: Meanwhile, in San Diego County, two major hospitals there have declared internal disasters. That means conditions have become so challenging in emergency rooms that patient care might be affected. The San Diego Union Tribune reports county officials are working to help ease the burden at Scripps Mercy Hospital Chula Vista and Sharp Chula Vista Medical Center by transferring patients to other facilities. With the Omicron wave of COVID-19 spreading fast, immigration courts in San Francisco are postponing many hearings. As KQED's immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports, that pause could actually be a ray of hope for people in an expedited asylum process.
1: Earlier this month, the waiting room at San Francisco's immigration court was full of people who had flu-like symptoms but were afraid to miss their hearings, says Millie Atkinson, who runs the immigrant legal defense program at the San Francisco Bar Association. So the court began telling lawyers to appear by phone or video in January and rescheduling cases for those who don't have a lawyer. Atkinson says that could benefit folks in a fast-track system aimed at deciding their asylum cases in less than a year. This little pause for unrepresented individuals is going to give people a little bit more time to find attorneys. New data from Syracuse University shows only about 15 percent of asylum seekers on the so-called dedicated docket have attorneys. And of those ordered deported, 95 percent did not have a lawyer's help. We're still um, really concerned about those people on the expedited docket, the dedicated docket, and not having the services available that they need to be able to win their asylum cases. The American Bar Association and other nonprofit groups have stepped up their efforts to connect asylum seekers with lawyers. But so far, they say, the need is greater than the supply. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks.
0: The new federal program that allows people to order free at-home COVID tests through the mail launched yesterday, one day early. The order form looks pretty simple, but it wasn't easy for everyone who tried to submit orders in the first hours. KQED's digital team is keeping a close eye on the developments around this test option. And for more, we're joined by KQED's Carly Severn. So the big news here seems to be that the program launched a bit early, right?
2: Yeah, it was meant to be today on Wednesday, and it actually soft launched in beta on Tuesday. And it's funny because this exact same thing happened for the state's MyTurn site that was rolling out to bring vaccines uh, widely across the state. So a little bit of deja vu here for California.
0: All right. So people are listening to us. They want to get one of these tests ASAP. How do they do it? How does ordering work?
2: So this is meant to be for free tests for every household. So what you do is you go to covidtests.gov. It's a very straightforward form that you order these tests through USPS. It is totally free. You don't have to give any payment, any credit card details. Also, you don't have to give any ID or any insurance information. You can, however, give an email address if you want to receive shipping notifications from USPS via email. You get a tracking number and you can keep tabs on your order.
0: So I want to be very clear about that. There's no additional information that you have to fork over to Uncle Sam to get a test?
2: No, it is surprisingly simple. It really is only a couple of fields, your name and your residential address.
0: And in terms of the tests you can order, one key thing here to keep in mind is that they're counting addresses and not the number of people at a particular address, right?
2: That's right. And I think that's really important for folks to understand because you might naturally understand this as four tests per person or four tests per family, and that is not the case. It is four tests for every residential address. And of course, this has ramifications. This means that multiple orders to the same address under different names won't be processed. This is going to affect a lot of people. We were seeing people talking about this on Tuesday. Number one, roommates, a ton of people throughout the state share their home with a lot of people. And also there's multi-generational households. 2018's US census data actually shows that California was second in the nation for having multi-generational households. Realistically, this may mean that for you and your household, it's not going to be enough to cover everyone.
0: Okay. I want to underscore this. We're talking as this program is just starting to roll out, but has there been a reaction yet?
2: It's been mixed. I've been looking online... For everyone that's impressed by the simplicity of the ordering process, how you know staggeringly easy it is comparatively, there's folks who say, yeah, but this is a long time coming. Why didn't we get this two years ago? Also, some folks have been flagging very real issues with getting their tests delivered straight to their homes because you're not allowed to get them sent somewhere else to pick up. It has to come straight to your home. I've been seeing comment from people whose address where they live is actually connected to a commercial building. So that is getting flagged by USPS as a commercial address and thus ineligible to get the test. I say all this in the hope that this will change soon. When it launched early on Tuesday, the site was in beta. It was in what they call limited capacity. And who knows, we may see things improve really quickly. I hope so.
0: Got it. And are these tests the same or not from the ones I can get my insurer to reimburse?
2: So this is a different program. So as of January 15th, so as of the weekend, people with private health insurance can actually get those at-home antigen tests that they've been buying at places like Walgreens, at CVS, they can get reimbursed by their insurer for the cost of those and the cost of up to eight at-home COVID tests a month. So each private health insurer is going to have slightly different ways of you doing that. So check with your insurer about how you get your money.
0: Again, that's KQED Senior Engagement Editor, Carly Severn. You can find more updates on this new option at kqed.org and undoubtedly also on Carly's Twitter feed. She's at Teacup in the Bay. Leaders from California's higher education systems and Governor Gavin Newsom have unveiled a major expansion of the California College Corps. 45 colleges in the state will participate in its Service Learning Fellowship program next fall. The volunteer program provides $10,000 to participants who contribute 450 hours to local service organizations. Students also get academic credit and work experience while creating community connections. Joseph Castro is chancellor of the Cal State University system. I'm excited to see how our undergraduate student fellows will serve the social and civic health of our state while also earning funds to pay for college. The program will cost $146 million, which was set aside last year under California's economic recovery plan. And that is the California Report for today, Wednesday, January 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you tomorrow.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Stanford Medicine – Protecting your health and providing defendable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits, stanfordhealthcare.org slash adaptingcare. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.